Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Recorded live. I want to welcome Brother Priest. Today is February 5th, 
told me to do. And I loved playing. So the day that I was named captain, I thought about that when I was with the elders that taught me. And I was a student. I was learning. I had my issues. Um, but I wasn't seeking a leadership role. And then lo and behold, they left me with a leadership role. So the same thing kind of happened with this walk of life that I'm on that happened early on in my life when I was playing softball. I was a band leader. I had a funk rock band. And originally, I wasn't the band leader. The originally, the leader of the band, he went gospel, and then by default, it fell on me. This same pattern has happened in my life. I wasn't trying to be the leader of the band, and a situation occurred where I ended up in that position. That's been the pattern of my life. What's the pattern of your life? What do you see? Um, last week we talked about prayer, so I want to kind of go over that uh, briefly again. Uh, we talked about the manner in which you pray. Uh, Brother E.K., what do you recall from last week? Shalom. Yeah, that prayer is part remembrance, part um, exercise, and um, also that we're not to engage in vain repetition, meaning uh, not to pray uh, verbatim word for word, the so-called Lord's Prayer, or praying in public, but rather it's a personal communion and meditation between you and the Most High, and also to be able to understand the content of what it is that you're praying on and speaking on, and to not use much babble, and to not to be seen of men while, while doing so, and um, to also know that um, to take heed because if we participate in vain repetitions when we pray, it can become a idolatrous practice and we don't want to turn prayer into an idol god of itself, but rather to understand what constitutes as prayer when we are eating our meals with our families or whatever the case may be, to understand that there's a distinction that has to be made and a delineation that has to be made and to just take heed of those different types of things. So, I yield. Thank you, brother. So part of this path is kind of difficult at times because we shouldn't be praying in public. The idea of what prayer is really about. Now, you can pray collectively, okay? So you can pray collectively with a group privately. 
but we're not to make spectacles of it. So if you have, quote, unquote, family prayer, okay, so that's you in your home or wherever, and you're conducting that privately. But when you have people around you that don't understand, they don't know that they don't, but they don't know the truth. They don't know that they think that what they're doing is related to Scripture, particularly if they're Christian. They think that what they're doing is related to the Scriptures, and they don't know that it's not. But I have to say that before um, I discuss these things, Brother Bradley has uh, returned to us today, and while he was out, um, well, he and uh, Sister Shanice were out. We will come on the line, acknowledge our brother and sister, and ask for prayers and positive energy, and we would take um, some moments of silence. We have a situation that happened with with um, Ema, um, where her nephew passed away, and we have a situation with Brother Alex, and they need our prayers and positive energy. So I'd like to take about 30 seconds to take a pause and um, send out prayers and positive energies to them. Peace and blessings, brothers and sisters. So, our behavior as a people needs to improve as a whole, right? But out of all the things that we learned, what the hell difference does it make? And you can't treat one another right. So I just want to stress this. We got we have to treat one another properly. No matter who they are, be they be they your brother and sister or not, be they foreigners, we're supposed to be representing the Christ. We're supposed to be representing the most so how we represent the most high is through hate through haughtiness I'm better than you Um, I'm superior to you through arguments, through debate through nasty attitudes that's how we're 
call ourselves representing the creator. So wait a minute. Who's Georgia? Georgia? Is that Montavious? All right. Okay, I see New York. I see New York City. I see, okay, Ramia. Is that you, Gavin, in New York? Shalom. Yes, sir. This is me. Um, how's everything, sir? Did, what happened on that? Did, did Did you talk to the brother? No, no. He must have had that situation. He said he was up against so I didn't get a call back, and I think it's because of what he said. Okay. Um, I'm just anticipating and waiting for him to call back. All right. I spoke with Brother Justin yesterday. Uh, I did not watch the Super Bowl, um, by the way. I just wanted to put that on the record. Um, but I spoke with Brother Justin. As some of you may not know or may not remember, Brother Justin was unjustly um, imprisoned. And he spoke with me that he thinks that he may be getting out soon because of uh, some technicalities that pertain to his case. And... Um, Please keep Justin in your positive energies and prayers. Anyhow, as I'm saying, like, me on this path, really, I got to just share this with you all because it's just so overwhelmingly um, a light to me. Look, take away all the scriptures. Take away all what you call religion. Uh, take away your lifestyle, your culture. How about a new religion of treating people right? Nothing else. Nothing else. No scriptures. Just how to treat people. <laughs> like, what is more significant? Okay, I really see this people that are drawn to being Hebrews today are drawn to a body of information. If you don't know certain information and you need to know it, who you are, you need to know that. Great. You need to know what's really going on on this earth. And these things, the scriptures do give you insight. It gives you everything you need to figure that out. Fine. But you come into some truth. You say that you represent the most high, but your behavior is filthy. It just doesn't add up to me. So people have a lust for information just to let their ego get swollen. Brother Eric, what are your thoughts? Shalom, I 
So uh, you 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 exactly right. Um, it's a lot of information out here that we need, and when it comes to in the wrong hands, and people miss you information for uh to get over you you know a lot of people just use it to get over you know because they uh i don't well i don't know about their lifestyle but i see it they get over you know and then they they start getting into the finance and they get over you financially and they don't uh really they don't practice what they preach because uh once they do that they don't atone or, or or anything else you know as a matter, you got the people on the street, you know, they use it for a sexual purpose. I don't see them misleading for all types of stuff with that idea. Man, ain't that the truth? You talk about polygamy to these Negroes, and all of a sudden, okay, they got to find a way that they can, they just, just automatically, they just feel like they deserve more than one woman. And really what it is, this is not that they want more than one woman. They want to have sex with all these different women for lustful purposes. There ain't no righteous purpose behind it. And like I said before, if you only knew what polygamy actually meant, it, it's like, I don't know if I said that in this class, but it really means trouble. That's how it's been described throughout the history of the Hebrew faith. It's permissible, yes, but it means trouble. And if you only knew how much trouble it is when you, particularly when you're in captivity mentally like we are, then you definitely wouldn't be trying to chase after that. Believe me, you get your, you get you a, a consort and you'll be happy with it, you know, because um, there's nothing out there. And I understand the need for polygamy. Believe me, I do. But what means something more to me, which I've grown into, is not worth risking the peace and the solitude that I have found. And I'm not about to bring somebody else in that's going to disrupt that peace. You know, just I'm, it ain't worth it. It's not worth it. Anyway. So when we come into this truth and then we're supposed to represent the Christ, not some mean-spirited, haughty individuals, not, not trollops and tramps and whoremongers, warmongers, no. We're supposed to re represent truth, righteousness, love. Now, listen. Surely oppression makes a, a wise man angry. Surely. But how does the wise man deal with the oppression? Does he deal with it out of anger? No, not a wise man. He deals with it from a crafty and wise perspective. So a lot of people have taken this, this particular type of verse to justify their hatred. It's just horrible. Simple. This is simple. Do unto others 
as you would have them do unto you. No matter who they are, I know they'll go, you will hear these Hebrew Israelites will go in the scriptures, oh, that only applies to your brother. Man, that is sad. Our people are really damaged, and I get it, but at some point, it's just an, it's just another excuse to continue the wickedness that we have. You got to get to yourself, and particularly, don't come to this nation, and don't come to this class, or any of the classes in this nation, with that hatred and vitriol in your heart. Don't do it. Let it go. We got some really, really um, loving people, you know, to just beyond a shadow of a doubt, no matter what they go through, they just keep showing that love. And predominantly, most of the people we have are like that, which is a blessing. But I'm saying, don't we can't we can't be lusting so much after information that we forget what this is really about. So, what is it really about? Is how you treat people. It's how you treat people. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Meaning, treat them right. Okay. Don't steal. Don't steal ideas. Don't steal merchandise. Don't steal uh, love relationships. Don't steal. If you do that and, and and claim to be, don't claim to be a Hebrew when you do these things, because that's something that you should be proud of representing and earning. All this damn so-called information and knowledge and wisdom that these people have, or call themselves having, when you can't get together with your own people with the most simplified information that there is. Love and respect your neighbors. Treat them properly. If you can't do that, damn it, you just, nothing you do is is worth it. Nothing. Oh, we can only come together when we hate Caucasians. That's the reason we come together, to hate Caucasians. That's ridiculous. Or we can only come together when it's pertaining to money. Or I'm going to get some money. Okay, I'll be there. It's ridiculous. So I'm saying, I I just wanted to start off today with just continuing to point these things out, which are treat one another properly and stop fronting like you're holier than thou and you, you got all this hate in your heart. And it's like, I, I'm saying, when I look at so-called Hebrew Israelites on the street, they got they got some real hate going on there. Like, it's not just Caucasian. They, don't, they hate everybody that ain't in their camp, <laughs> at least the, the ones that I've come across. And I've been coming across these guys for 25 years. And they're new. They just came out the last 30-something years or whatever, 30 to 35 years. They weren't Hebrews. They, they weren't Hebrews 
so-called Hebrew Israelites like those camps before then, and I'm old enough to remember it because I've been in it long enough, stop with this hate and this spirit of debate. This is a know-it-all spirit. This is a, this is a, a haughtiness, meaning mean-spirited. Just trying to trying to point out where everybody else is doing something wrong, picking arguments, picking debates, setting up platforms for people to come and pay a hundred dollars to get in to watch us divide ourselves with debates. Wow. So if you don't do anything in life, if you're going to call yourself a Hebrew, have the conduct and the character of the Christ and let it reflect within you and outside of you. Not some mean-spirited or, or brother walking around the streets looking grim at everybody. And not being a victim either. We're not victims. We're transgressors. Simply put, treat one another right. Be respectful. Be considerate. Stop making these excuses. Stop being lazy and shiftless. Blame shifting. Lying and being irresponsible. Those are the things we need to be really focusing on. Because all the other stuff is just a bunch of... It's like... It's like we have turned this, these scriptures and truth and all of this into an absolute drug. <laughs> like, I'm going to go smoke some of these scriptures today and just feel good, but after that high comes down, I'm not going to go apply it. Death is coming the way of those who walk such a life path. Brother Bradley, what are your thoughts? Can I be heard? Can I be heard? Yes, sir. All right. Yeah, I'm driving. Sorry about that. But, um, yeah, it seems like we, uh, one of these brothers out here trying to, uh, you know, twist the scriptures to fit what they, uh, you know, like to do or want to do, and rather than, you know, reach the true meaning, they, um, you know, they kind of, they just sort of lust for, you know, hate, um, division, you know, the ego, trying to have the best information or be the root of the information and just... Basically, we're dividing everybody. People, not even, uh, not even Hebrews, are just you know trying to learn. So it's just you know we got to get better with humbling ourselves and just get back to the basics of um, unity and brotherhood. That idea. Thank you, brother. Some of the things that divide us are absolutely childish and ridiculous. Some of the, be the behavior that we have 
calling ourselves Hebrews is deplorable. It's deplorable. You represent something higher than yourself. Look, we all have things we need to work on, right? We all got to correct some things about ourselves. Fine. But don't continue in your foolishness and then don't like it when we're brought to self-correction. Challenged with self-correction. Pick something out of your personality that you know you need to correct and work on it and stop going around just trying to act like we're so holier than thou and you can't even treat your brothers and sisters correctly. You can't stop lying. You can't stop stealing. You can't stop fornicating. You can't stop eating swine and other bad things, even if you're not eating swine or scavengers. Well, wait a minute. What's the reason that we shouldn't eat these things? Here's the reason. We shouldn't eat things that are going to do damage to us. Simple. That's simple. That should be your dietary program. Find the things that are going to do the most damage to you and stop eating them. And then it's not easy at first. Like, I was Mr. Pizza. You know, I just, I had to have pizza all the time. That was my favorite. And I had to stop. But, you know, you got to challenge yourself. You got to, the real spiritual work is self-correction. The real representation of the most high in the Christ is looking within self and correcting self. Proverbs fifteen fifteen, A fool despises his father's instruction. But he that regardeth reproof is prudent, meaning wise. So sometimes if you have a child that is your biological child and they don't want to follow your instruction as a mother and father, well, look, if they're a fool, they despise it. They despise that instruction coming from their mother and father. If they're a fool, they despise it. Now, here we got a generation of our people out here that don't feel like they do any damn thing wrong. You can't tell them anything. They know everything that there is to know. So any type of instruction or guidance, they reject. Any type of reproof, they reject. And then don't know how to accept reproof as a motivator rather than some attack on them. Brother Gavin, what are your thoughts? 
Yeah, Shalom Nation. Uh, yeah, everyone has a sort of a self-redemption that they need to go through in order to um, aim towards perf- you know perfection. Not saying that we we have to walk around uh, in perfection every day, but at least striving for that utmost that utmost um, that outlook. So no matter where we are on the planet, we're able to interact with others, or just being one with nature on a day-to-day basis. When we, um, being one with nature is, you know, leads towards balance. And, um, you know, I'm going through some things in my life now that are the results of the, uh, the initial implementations of our, our, um, our actions. So, you know, you got to ask yourself, what are you going to do? Are you going to continue that, that lifestyle or that uh, behavior that's going to cause you to um, live in a, uh, always in, in, you know, always reacting to your uh, given consequences, or you're going to try to resolve and elevate from those those um, trials and tribulations or issues you're you're facing on a day-to-day basis. And uh, you know, I choose to always try to elevate higher to uh, have a peace of mind. You want to go to sleep with. Uh, not on edge or, you know, with, um, hypertension and all these unhealthy um, characteristics that you, your body goes through just from your thought process that's negative. So, you know, it's best to reverse, I always say, the unbalanced to balance, to try to balance at least before the night is over. So you could be one more step towards the most high and the ways of um, of our ancestors, those Hebrews that try to live amongst in harmony with, with others and with, um, with the elements in nature. And with that, I am. Brother Gavin, you've come a long way, man. You've been doing some things that have been really great. We all have our shortcomings, right? But you know what? Every time I think about you, brother, I always know you have your heart in the right place. I just know that. No matter what happens around it, I know that. You know, and I know you're going through some stuff in your life, but listen. Just shut it all out, man. You know, we all got to get just get stronger from it. But 
Just remember, man, keep your heart where it is. So, we talked about prayer last week. So, we talked about what it is when they go out in the public and make public displays of their prayers. From an information base, that means one thing. From a spiritual base, one is, this is what the elders used to say to us. This can't be intellectual. This must become internalized. You must become the things that you are studying is how I'm going to say it. At some point in my life, I realized I had become the things that I was studying. How did I know that? When did I realize it? I realized it when I started to develop angers and hatreds towards the same things that I used to take joy in, like fornicating. I used to take joy in that, right? Then I started to realize how destructive that is. How just how much self hate you must have for self and others. You gotta have a whole lot of self hate. Because you get overtaken by that fornication and that lust, and then you don't care about what nobody else says, thinks, or whatever, and you just do what you're gonna do. It doesn't matter. I grew up at a time, remember this song, anybody remember this song, As As We Lay? Shirley Mordock, if I remember this. Yes. Filth. That beautiful song is talking about adultery. How about Atlantic Star, Secret Lovers? Yes. Filth. Me and Mrs. Jones, yep. Me and Mrs. Jones, like, look, what the heck? Look. I I like all of those songs. Well, I don't like Secret Lovers. But I like As We Lay, I, but it came out when I was young, so I didn't know what the hell it meant at first. But as I started growing up, I started to realize what it meant. And I'm like, holy smokes. This is disgusting. And I'm I'm looking at us like uplift and praise and worship and follow the filth in these songs. Wow. I'm saying, out of all the things you get, Scripture says, get an understanding. I'm saying, understand how to treat people to go along with that. Like, new religion. Treat people right. That's it. There's no scriptures needed. We don't got to reference anything. Get enough self-control to treat somebody right. But what do we do? We click up, we get with camps, we get with churches, religion, and then all of a sudden we make everybody outside at the enemy. And that's supposed to represent the real truth and the real most high. Listen, naturally, you're going to separate 
from people who are wicked. Naturally, you're going to speak against wickedness. Fine. If you discover, not because of religion, but because of conduct and character, that people are just not right, don't deal with them, stay away from them, of course, warn your offspring, don't deal with that type of people like that now. Of course, we do all those things fine. But when you got your brothers and sisters trying to come up together and trying to um, get out of this mess that we got ourselves into together, and, and the only way we know how to do do that is to insult, belittle, argue, and debate, and then debate with knowing the lack of education of our people and make money off of them just to debate. So then they get these egos. It's like, um, yeah, I'm going to go there and I'm going to slay all of these guys. I'm going to go debate all of them and knock them all off. And then I'm going to be the one standing. What does that sound like? Well, I'll tell you what it sounds like to me, Lucifer. <laughs> so, so, so you don't know these brothers and sisters. The only thing you know is that they are, have a different walk of life than you. So your approach to meeting them for the first time, to conversing with them, is just for the sake of debate, just to make yourself look better. So that means the object of these debates is not to unify, not to take a body of information and correct some of the fallacies that we've been following. No, it's to pump up somebody's ego and turn them into some type of God authority over everybody else. Everybody come follow me because I just debated all these guys and I won. Sickness, man. Um... Martavius, what are your thoughts? Yes, sir. I, um, I agree. It just um, each individual, they they ego and <clears throat> selfishness because they not they don't really care about um, the people and what affect how it's affecting them mentally. You know, and how many people viewing those different videos. It's only um, creating more arguments. You know, especially a lot of times I just just read the comment section on some of those videos and just, just you know, to see what the people mind it. And they, um, <clears throat> they just create more argument and debate. And I think it's to the point now where, you know, they only doing it for financial reasons. They trying to market their own shoes or, you know, getting people to donate. So, it's it's kind of, it's sickening, you know, because it's people actually out there searching for the truth, and instead of you know the, those guys sitting down, you know, having civilized conversations and showing each other respect, I think a lot of time it's really beefed up. To, you know, it's almost like um like some of these different TV shows that you know, like wrestling. You know, we know it's fake. But you know they they beefing it up just to put on the show for the people. <clears throat> so I think it's sad and <clears throat> that our people 
out here seeking for truth, and they're only being divided even more in a year. Yeah, in the name of truth, they're being divided from unity and truth. <laughs> wow. Okay, so look. One major problem. We can talk about prayer, prayer postures. We can talk about the, the, the fundamentals of the faith. The faith is really our culture and our lifestyle. That's what the Hebrew faith really is. It's really laws, statutes, commandments of how we can harmonize with nature itself and harmonize and rule and govern one another according to what is permissible, according to the most high's perfect will. So what what's permissible is not always what is the best thing to do, but if we can at least get into that in our in our behavior, it's important. So as a Hebrew culture, we might have uh, uh, certain uh, dress codes. We might have certain hairstyles. Uh, or garments uh, that we types that we wear, or certain types of shoes that we wear, certain types of language that we speak, certain types of art forms, music and and uh, paintings and, and all of that, right? That's all cultural. But look, if all of that comes with treating one another properly, cool, great. But if you have a people like us that have been cast away from the real truth and reality, and then we come back together to try to go back to what we used to be, and we're overly judgmental and critical. We have a spirit of, I'm right, I want to debate you, and I want to argue with you and prove you wrong. Um, if we have mean spirits and we're always arguing with folks and always just got some bunch of um, drama following us, uh, you got to check yourself because that ain't right. Now, look, I'm going to read this out of the scriptures. I hope that you hear what this is saying. I'm hoping I'm going to put the challenge out to see who hears it so Pay attention. Actually, you know what? Uh, Maybe I should try to do a screen sharing. If you have a scripture, if you had a Bible with you, please open it up if you have it near you. But I'm going to read it. Numbers chapter 15, verses 38 through 40. So listen carefully. This is coming to Moses from the time. Speak unto the children of Israel and bid them that they make them fringes in the borders of their garments throughout their generation. And that they put upon the fringe of the borders a ribbon of blue. Hold that. That's cultural. That's cultural, okay? But it's a reason for this being cultural. Now, it's going to be explained. 
So this is part of our dress code. Yes, cool. But it's going to be explained. Verse 39, Numbers chapter 15, verse 39. And it shall be unto you for a fringe that that ye may look upon it and remember all the commandments of the Lord and do them and that ye seek not after your own heart and your own eyes after which ye use to go a whoring. Verse 40, that ye may remember and do all my commandments and be holy unto your God. Now, here's the problem. Culturally, we have a particular style of garments that we wear. But there's a reason that we have these garments. There's a reason why we have this ribbon of blue. So I hope that you hear why we have it. So let me read it again. Numbers chapter 15, beginning at verse 38. Speak unto the children of Israel and bid them that they make them fringes in the borders of their garments throughout their generations. And they put upon the fringe of the borders a ribbon of blue. And it shall be unto you for a fringe that ye may look upon it and remember all the commandments of the Lord and do them. And that ye seek not after your own heart and your own eyes, after which ye use to go a whoring. For ye may remember and do all my commandments and be unto your holy unto your God. So, culturally, we dress a certain kind of way. But why? Why do we dress a certain kind of way? Why do we wear these fringes culturally? EK, why do we wear these fringes? The representation of how we are to conduct ourselves in the public, and it's more or less signs and things of the conscious mind to make sure that we are always, when we take on these garments, that we have a responsibility that comes with it, not just to wear it for our own lustful sakes, but for more of an example of what these laws, statutes, and commandments represent while we're in the public. Great. Verse 39. And it shall be unto you for a fringe that ye may look upon it and remember all the commandments of the Lord and do them. 
and that ye seek not after your own heart or your own eyes, after which ye use to go a whoring. Now, wait a minute. And that ye seek not after your own heart and your own eyes, after which ye use to go a whoring. Look, the fringes represent the 613 laws, statutes, and commandments, and they're supposed to be in the, the ribbon of blue represent the laws, statutes, and commandments, and they're supposed to be earned. Not just earned, but represented as a means of reminding us who we represent and how we should be having, conducting ourselves and what type of character we, we should be having. Now, if you approach somebody and say, okay, you know, where's your fringes at? And you get into an argument and a debate, oh, you ain't got your fringes on, you're not a real Hebrew. You have your fringes on, sir. Does that make you a real Hebrew just because you have them on? Does that mean just because you have them on that you're really obeying these law statutes and commandments? You are not even in the spirit of the truth. If you're going to come attacking, looking for debate, looking for argument, because technically you don't have on fringes. Now, listen, let's go to New Testament. Um, I can't think of a scripture right now. I want to give you the overview of it. Christ is on the scene. He understands exactly how we're talking here in this nation. He had the same type of mind. He goes out to proceed on his mission. And here you have these sects, S-E-C-T-S, sects, sects, Sadducees, Pharisees, that are always looking to come and argue, debate, and challenge him. And he comes back at them and is like, look, you all stick to the letter of the law, but you really don't get it. Sticking to the letter of law of the law means your heart is not right. So in this said Old Testament, the law was given. And the people were put to death if they broke the law, which is fine. But then here comes the Christ and he's saying, the law was given, yes, we should follow the law, but really... What the law says you're supposed to circumcise the baby at, at, at birth, but really what we're following now is the circumcision of the heart. Your heart has not cut away that filth and that wickedness. You still have the same wicked behavior claiming you're following the law. You're still going out here with the mean spirit trying to argue and debate over everything, and he's telling them this to their face. Lo and behold, these same guys have popped up again today. They come 
and they look at you, and they're not just these Hebrew Israelites. They could be anything. They could be any walk of life. Because what we're looking at, how can I put this? Um, we don't know a world without religion. Because we just we only see religion, and we see division in, in different sects of religions. Okay. The idea is about how you, what your heart should be like. That's the real truth behind all of this. We went astray. We were the original inhabitants of this earth. We went astray. Our hearts got wicked. We had law on us. So whenever you would recognize a wicked heart, put them to death. Just get get rid of them, right? But we're, we're, what is this all about? It's about... How you conduct yourself, Rami? I want. What are your thoughts? You're absolutely right. Uh, it is how you conduct yourself. Um, like for instance, um, I was watching uh, this guy earlier, and he just was just going off at this woman. Uh, yelling and screaming, you know, disrespecting her. And the way that she came back at him, they, they, she wanted to fight him. So I'm just sitting here watching inside the parking lot, just watching the whole, watching the whole, watching the whole, uh, the whole problem. Hold on, give me. Huh? So the whole problem, and they they sitting there fighting. So I see this uh, the lady uh, a lady came out of the store to to break them up from fighting, and the lady called a cop. So when she called a cop, the the cop came out there. She came at the man. He came directly at the man, which the man was wrong. But instead of the lady saying that he was wrong, she said she was wrong, which I don't understand why that happened. But the behavior of our people is 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 bad. Like it's 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 sad. The way that we supposed to conduct ourselves, we are out here acting like savage beasts, and that's how they're treating us. This is why they're shooting us down in the streets. Um, they're locking us up. They're doing all these different things to us. But then we're sitting back, and we're wondering why, why this is happening, why that is happening. Then we got the Bible open in front of us, reading all these scriptures. But then we out here saying, I don't love my brother." But then we'll go out there and treat a totally different nation better than we treat our brothers. It's sad. Not you. Yes, sir. So the point is to be mindful at all times of your behavior. And in doing that, 
you have to display the best, most intelligent, loving character and conduct at all times. At all times. Work on yourself consistently and keep moving forward to try to be that better you that you can be. Keep looking at yourself. Admit where you are, where you need correction. And don't let the universe start correcting you. Because then it's going to get worse and worse and worse and worse. Some of our people are so, we're so foolish. We just think we got it all figured out, right? You don't realize how your behavior reflects your commercial status, your position financially. Let me explain. Commerce is set up in a, in a way that it, this man, oh, Lord have mercy. Negroes, man, oh, excuse me. It, it's set up in this way. If you really love and respect your own people and you have the knowledge of how to conduct your affairs commercially as a collective, your poverty ends overnight. That's how it is designed. All this individual, I got to do this, I got to play some hero, I got to do this, 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 and this, has got you out of position. So the only thing that you know to do is go serve somebody else because you can't work for self and work for the most high and be able to prosper because of all that hate and vitriol in you, all that pain. That's got to come out because it's reflecting your ability to have that prosperous life that you really want, but you just don't know that your own personality and your own uh, wicked, twisted behavior and transgression, I don't care if it's one little so-called white light, that is blocking you from receiving your blessings. How are you going to get blessed with the right type of love relationship? And you can't even humble your damn self to admit that you're wrong, and then not only that, correct it. Or at least begin correcting it. How are you going to be successful in any type of love relationship? You're not. (laughs) You're not. If the other party is not willing to work on themselves and you're the only one willing to work on on themselves, you're going to have nothing but problems. If they're willing to work on themselves and you're not, you're not going to have, you're going to just have problem after problem after problem trying to figure out what's going wrong. Oh, all men ain't nothing. What the hell? All women ain't nothing but a bunch of whores. What? What? I don't care how many whores are walking around. It's not all of them that are like this. And even if they were once in their life, they don't have to stay that way. But my point is, if you can't work on yourself and, and, and recognize what you got to work on and see the trouble that you're having in your relationships, 
and correct your part in it, how are you going to be successful? Commerce is designed for you to not be successful. This is why when you have an entire nation that has gone astray, this is why their name is removed from them commercially. What is the slave master actually acting as? They're actually acting as a correction agent, a correction officer for the most high. And the worse you treat one another, and the more you keep worshiping the idol gods and keep praying up in the clouds and keep acting like you some damn know-it-all, the more you get beat by societies, you get put to death by everyday circumstances. All because these are some fraudulent Negroes talking about they love their people. They're the most high. The chosen are the most high. You'll run from that. You'll go invent some damn new religion, idol God worship, and call yourself a God rather than just look at your circumstances and say, what's wrong here? What's really wrong? Okay, do we really deserve do we really deserve what we're getting treated as? We really feel our people really feel like they're innocent victims. Dumb as a box of rocks, thinking that they're totally innocent and there's some god and goddess and they can't even grow a garden in the backyard. And they can't even they can't even this is what's even more shameful. They don't even see the need for government law and commerce. They just want to call themselves gods and goddesses, be angry and play victim roles, and say, like, the whole world is against me. No, you fool. There's something wrong with you where everywhere you go, this is how you're treated. And this is how you're treated. And everywhere you go, it follows you. It's you that's be. it's it's what's inside of you that's being played out outside of you. Now, when we when we get rid of these cowards, these turncoats, these traitors, and these idolaters, these chumps and these men, these so-called men, we get rid of them, right? And have some people grow some spines. These brothers grow a damn spine for a change. How long do you think it would take for these police to stop killing us when we really show unity. All this oh, marching and all this stuff, right? But you go right to the hood. Where's the unity there? This is what we have to correct. It begins with you correcting yourself. So again, I'm going to say with all the knowledge you get and all the things you learn, if you don't know how to treat somebody and, and deal with little situations, it's worthless. You're just lusting after information. You're not challenging yourself to, to correct yourself and improve, then you're just wasting your time. You know, and, and for me, I can say, you know, I feel like, seriously, I feel like there have been people in this nation that make me look like a complete fool. Straight out. I'm going to tell you why. You claim to represent this nation, you claim to represent the truth, but yet your character and your conduct do not reflect it. And then you keep coming to the nation, coming to the class, and you still are the same old wicked one inside that you were before. 
And then here I go sacrificing my life, and not just me, not just me. I don't want to make it seem like I'm something special. I'm just speaking from my perspective. There are plenty of us here. We sacrifice our lives to give to one another and support one another and uplift one another. But I'm speaking from me. So I'm doing this, and then I'm see, and I'm getting spit in the face, smiling in my damn face, talking about, yeah, I'm for the nation, I'm for the truth, I, I love my people, and yet you can't even check yourself. Then you go out mistreating people and lying, lying to people. I mean, how do you think that feels? It's like at some point you do sit back, which I have plenty of times. Why in the hell would I continue to try to help some foolish people who don't really have no love for me, period? What does the scripture say? Their mouths are near him, but their hearts are far away. He was experiencing the same thing. He was experiencing the same thing, all this mouthing off. Oh, yeah, I love black people. Oh, yeah, power to the people, you lying dogs. You're fronting. Because when it comes down to it, the first thing you want to do is argue and debate while your children are getting gunned down in the damn streets. And you don't see nature is trying to give you a clue. <laughs> like, look, why are you worried about trying to argue about history? And this you arguing about history and debating scripture and all that foolishness, that's babble. Because the real meaning behind it is how you treat people, your character, and your conduct. So, Brother Azim, what are your thoughts? Um, yeah, Brother Peace, I understand what you're saying. Um, I was speaking to a sister at the job about the same manner. You know, we have this uh, racist redneck so-called administrator, and all they can do is say, well, you know, so-and-so, this administrator, that. And I asked the sister, well, who really forced you to deal with this crap? I mean, there are opportunities out there with the talent you have. They can cook most anything, and you have the opportunity where you go out there and start your own business. So she got to the point to where she said that she had wanted to start a cleaning business. So from like eight, maybe nine months ago, she still not have even made one step to even manifest that. But still yet, you know, she started coming, you know, because I working dietary. And as soon as I come in, she starts complaining and stuff. I'm like, you know what? I'm really sick and tired of complaining. All you do is grind, grind, grind about the ministry, this ministry, that. If you don't like the situation, you know why he's doing this? And I explained to her. The reason why they treat us like this because we don't know how to love ourselves. And you have sisters that work in the kitchen. All they do is backstab, they gripe, they they don't want to help each other. There's no cooperation. I mean, it's it just deplorable, Brother Priest. I mean, it really is. But like I explained to her, this is the reason why these Europeans treat us the way they do. And why they smile in your face. They don't smile in your face because they like you. 
They smile in your face because you're ignorant. And they love to see the mentality of our people. They just thrive off of it, you know. And so that's it. I mean, that, I mean that, that's pretty much it, brother, please. I mean, you speak about it a lot, man. I mean, I live this stuff, man. And, I mean, it's sad. You know, the brothers, the brothers get along. The brothers have much love up in this place. But yet the sisters always animosity. You know, and then they wonder well, why, why this always happens. Because y'all have some, what you call, ego. And I remember, you know, you had an uh, audio about the ego. And they all have this, this these uh, conflicts of the personality conflict. And I tell them, look, if you learn to love each other, learn to help each other, learn to be there for each other. Um, there are a lot of sisters that work there where I'm at. They, uh, they deal with a lot of physical abuse. Uh, there's one sister, she's an RN, and she said, um, I, I know him pretty good, I know him years ago. He jumped on her and beat her, and he beat her baby. Locked this so-and-so up, because I know him. I know him well. And and I told the sister in the kitchen, I said, look, y'all got sisters that's going through a lot of abuse up in this place. Why don't y'all get together and sit down and talk to each other and learn to love each, love each other and still are arguing and fighting and try to hurt each other. And I yield, brother, please. Thank you, brother. Everybody, I'm going to ask this exercise for this week. Now, listen. <laughs> you have to apply these things. Excuse me for laughing, but I just, the first thing that popped up in my mind is there's going to be somebody coming back next week talking about, oh, I didn't have time to do it. Somebody that didn't have the time to do it, didn't do it, and then they're going to probably lie and say they did do it. You know what my teachers said? They taught us, look, you have an assignment, you didn't do it, don't come back and lie. Don't give an excuse. There ain't no excuse good enough. Don't give an excuse. Did you do the assignment? Yes. Did you did you do the assignment? No. That's all it is. Now here's what happened. Here's what happened when I was in there, like doing this, right? I never missed an assignment. Never. In 12 years, no lie. I'm not just saying that. And it wasn't for any other reason except for the fact that I really respected them when I really knew. I even Let me tell you something. I even washed out of camp a couple of times, but I still did my assignment. And it was just for, for one reason. I was raised. That by my parents to be that way. I was raised to do my homework. And if I didn't do my homework, I got punished or spanked. So I, my grades were always good. Through all my college, I mean, my grade school, I never had anything. Um, no, I had some bad grade. I won't even say bad. I had below a 3.0 average. Um, in eighth grade and in ninth grade, twice I did. But I didn't have like a failing average. 
I mostly had three point holes and higher for most of my life because of the ethic that my parents put in me. So look, when I got to the elders and they said, okay, this is what we're going to do this, you know, come back to the next class is what you do. I never missed one. Not that I'm so good, but I took it seriously. And that's really what it was about. It's just I took it seriously and it meant something to me. So here's the assignment. Numbers 15 verses 38 through 40. So I'm going to say this again because I've been saying this in various uh, classes and meetings. Come to class with pen and paper and jot down notes. Stop coming in here just sitting on the phone and let me just blow hard all night long and I feel like I'm making a damn fool out of myself. And that hurts, but I'm going to still do it. If you don't get it, it's on you, but it still hurts me to know that our people are like that. It does hurt. Next, what can you do? This is starting today, right now. Think to yourself, one thing that you know you can improve upon that you might struggle with, but you know you got to get this in order when it comes to your character and conduct. I'm not talking about, oh, I know I got to write this document. No, I'm talking about character and conduct. Oh, I know I got to go read this book report. No, character and conduct. What is something about you that you know you need to fix? Just think about it right now for a moment and put that in your mind and begin to work on fixing that from this point right now to next week when we come back on this call and go over this scripture. Numbers 15, verses 38 through 40. I'm going to just say this to you again, what it's really trying to say. It's not about the dress code of fringes. It's about you being able to conduct yourself in a holy manner. That's what it's about. So it's like, look, this is how strict my teachers were. I think I said this before, maybe on an old recording, but this is how disciplined we were. I'm in my own apartment. I used to live with Slum Village, the famous hip-hop group, or a couple of them anyway. And we were all in camp, right? We were all in camp, right? I'm in the bathroom in my own apartment. The brothers come over. They bring some sisters, and they're going to have a, a, a class at our apartment. Nobody told me. I didn't know they were there. I walk out of the bathroom with no shirt on, and they cut into my ass. The brothers did. Man, you know you ain't supposed to be around here with no shirt on in front of these sisters. I'm like, I didn't even know y'all were here. Look, man, you see we're here now, you know, 
Now, I could have been pissed off and been like, you in my apartment. You ain't even alert me, and you getting getting an attitude with me. And really, I had all the grounds to do that. I didn't know those sisters were there. We weren't allowed to be. You know how you play shirts and skins in school? We weren't allowed to play shirts and skins under these elders. This is how serious that I take everything that I do because of how they instilled it in me. If you mess up, you make your mistakes, okay, they understand. And they're lenient when you make your mistake. But if they got to continuously tell you something, if those elders got to continuously tell you something, it's a problem. So I made sure, well, for the brothers, what would happen up, well, no, it's brothers and sisters, these elderly men had canes made of wood and would take them to your backside at 24 years old. They're going to hit you on the arm, hit you on the leg, hit you on the rear. They'll just swat you one good time. And I, when I look back on it, now, I wouldn't try that with these young people today because they'll shoot you. So, and I'm surprised, I'm surprised some of these niggas in Detroit didn't shoot some of these elders. But if you imagine it's these older elderly men, you know, some of them looking like, you know, I don't know, um, what's the character in, in Lord of the Rings, the old long beard wizards and all them. You know, they're walking around with the cane, you know. Excuse me? And off. Yes. So they walk around with canes, some of them. And, um, you know, I learned quick that they'll pull that cane out on you in the, in the heartbeat, you know. <laughs> and I'm like, man, you know, but now, you know, whatever. My point is, what has to change in order to qualify as a real Hebrew? as a real Hebrew. It's not your fringes. There's not the swine that you give up. It's not what you call yourself. It's the circumcision of your heart. This is what I mean. I went through a stage that we all go through. I stopped fornicating because the law said stop fornicating but I struggled in my own mind and in my own body. So the temptation was there, even though I didn't do the act. So what did the Christ have to do? He had to clean this up in the people's mind. It's like, if you look upon that woman with lust, you've already committed adultery. Why? Because it's still in your heart. It's still in your heart. So when you stop looking upon these other women lusting after them, that's when your heart has changed. So stage one is giving it up voluntarily. The stage that, but the ultimate stage of, of really understanding and living this thing is when it is not even a temptation to you any longer. You don't struggle with it any longer. That's the point of this. Okay, so for me, 
particularly dealing with fornication and me having multiple women and multiple wives and all of that, I did. And I had, brothers used to be jealous of me, you know, the types of women that I had around me. And I used to run a modeling agency, so I had, quote, unquote, the most beautiful women, Negro, Latino women around me at all times. And I did not give a damn then, and I don't give a damn now at one, at a point in my life. I don't care how cute they think they are. I don't give a damn because I am not trying to sleep with you. No, I am not interested. Because to me, the, the, that one thing you think is pleasurable, you know, there's a whole lot of other stuff attached to that. All that sickness and neurosis that's in your mind from this materialism and this vanity that you go through as being a model, you think I want to attach that to me and all that sickness come out on me? Hell no. And I used to think that way all the time. And I didn't care how beautiful these, these girls thought they were, how big their butts were in their own mind. I didn't give a damn then and I don't now. We all have our ability to fall and be weak at any given moment. But but my heart changed. Before, when I'm younger, all the guys are like, man, look at those legs. Look at those breasts. Look at that behind. Man, I got to go have that. I got to go jump on her. And I got to say and do and look like anything I have to just to bed her down. And so, you yeah, and, and good lucky, yes. And I, I mean, you know, I, I didn't have that all-out behavior like most people did because I was my parents had strong Christian values, but I felt susceptible to it a couple of times in my life, not too frequently, but a couple of times, and I was ashamed for falling weak to it. But I can think back on some of those times right now and, and still feel shame for what I did in weakness. But now it's a different ball game in my life. Huh? You know, I have a woman. And it's worth everything in the world to me. Even if we didn't work out, I would not step out on her. Right. Hell no. It's not worth it. It's not It's not worth me doing that to her to break her trust in men. After she has been let down all these years. You know, brothers beating on the sisters, stepping out on them and lying to them. they all been hurt and abused by these no-good, so-called righteous men. they all been hurt and abused. So where I look like following that path, it's worth more to me that if I felt those things and I felt those weaknesses, I should just divorce her and then go about and do my lust. I would rather do that than to step out on her and start some life of lies. Oh, no, man. It ain't worth it. Anyway. Brother, I, I agree with you on that. What can we do to correct ourselves right now, starting today, starting at this very moment? You have got to pick one thing about your conduct and character and correct it. If you fall, get back up again and keep working on correcting it. But start it today and start it now. One moment. Uh, Sister Anisha, what's on your mind? 
it's so deep because I was just thinking about doing a fast. Are you there? Sister, are you there? Can you hear me? I can hear you now. I know I hear a lot of fidgeting going on in the background. I guess somebody needs to go on mute. You weren't, I didn't hear anything from you at all. You were like silent. Okay. Yeah, I think that um, I was just saying to myself that I I want to go on a fast. And slowly but surely, I'm starting to eat a lot more veggies and things of that sort. And even negative thoughts, like, there's always, I found that when you really want the most high and you really want to work cohesively with your people, and you really want to make a difference for the kingdom, malicious, malignant spirit, or even shortcomings in other people are going to be start coming your way really hard to try and sort your efforts. And it's not really about your efforts. It's about what it could mean if progress is actually made for the collective. So by helping clear yourself physically while feeding yourself spiritually, good things and good vibes in scripture, I always noticed help things manifest quicker, especially if your heart is in the right place, which is what priest has been teaching this whole entire hour and a half. If you are willing to lay specific things down at the altar in sincerity and your motive and your actions are lining up and your heart is weighed as sincere, things will begin to manifest no matter what enemy or no matter what weapon the enemy chooses to throw at you, no matter what fiery dart or arrow he chooses to try and launch at you, your spiritual energy will be too strong to stop whatever needs to come into the physical plane from the ethereal. And I believe that that's what we have to remember 
that we're not warring against just flesh and blood, but against principalities and spirit, you know, spiritual wickedness in high places. So whether it's like me, I'll have a logic occasionally, especially if I get stretched out, stressed out. Um, if it's sacrificing that, if it's sacrificing food, if it's sacrificing specific relationships that you know are no good that need to be laid at the altar, these are the things, these are the, 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 the really important sacrifices that need to be laid at the altar to progress. And so I have just been really, really um, contemplating doing a fast. And what's really interesting is that the dreams that the Most High is sending me, like he's sending me some, like I had one dream where there was a certain, uh, actually a demon trying to cast a spell on me. And I, from my, my, from my solar plexus up through my rib cage, throat, and mouth, and eyes, there started to exude this bright light as he was trying to touch me with this, 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 almost this, uh, token that he wrapped to curse me. He tried to place it on my person. And as he went to go place it on my person, he thought he got me. He was saying his little incantations. And then when he went to touch me, he couldn't take his hands off me. And there was a light that came from my solar plexus up through my rib cage, out my throat, through my mouth and my eyes and my ears. And I ended up blasting him into smithereens where he was in pieces. And even though he was in pieces, his head and, like, a little bit of his neck was still, you know, still in one piece. And he's like, I can't believe it, you know. Um, And, I like, there's just certain deja vus that he's the most high is sending me where I dreamt of something two decades ago, and I just came from working out, and then I sit down, and then a flash hits me, and I remember the exact dream. Like, So another thing is sometimes it can seem like things are not going as you planned and that there is a blockage, but at that very instance, the most high might be actually working things out in your favor and saying, no, I don't want you to do this. I want you to do this. As the scripture says, when one door closes, when the most high shuts the door, you can't open that door back up. But once he opens the door from you, nobody can shut that door. So I'm seeing certain doors being closed, but simultaneously, other doors are being opened. So just making sure your heart is in the right place, just laying those specified important sacrifices down at the altar and fasting and prayer and supplication, giving thanks to the creator 
for already blessing you, knowing that these things are going to come to pass because he will provide for you out of his riches and glory. And he came for you to have abundance and life more abundantly. Hold fast to those blessings that he said that he would give to you if you were obedient and studious. And the fact that, I mean, it's, it's, it's not just a mere fact that we're here in the kingdom of the Most High, because you have to be doing something right just for him to lead you to this point. But to stay the course, you have to keep perfecting, self-perfecting, and, and be patient with yourself because there was, you know, even Christ said there's no, why do you call me good? There's no, no one good but the Father. So, you know, be patient with yourself, embrace yourself, know that you're human, but make sure you're doing the necessary circumcisions of the heart, which is what priest was teaching us, making sure that we learn to truthfully embody the spirit of Christ so we can be born anew, not just in paperwork, but in spirit. And that's what my thoughts were, and I yield. So what are the two, Sister Nisha, what are the two things that I'm saying that we need to do between now and next week? Right now you're telling us to basically write down what characters, flaws, or corrections that we need to work on and change. And between now and next week, actually make a concerted, concentrated effort in correcting those character flaws. Anything else? Um, I know that you were talking about making sure that we write down and take notes. You were talking about um, numbers 15, 30, Four through forty, I think it is thirty-four through forty, thirty-eight through forty. Numbers fifteen, thirty-eight through forty. Um, we spoke about the fringes and uh, the border of blue, uh, and exactly what that means, and doing unto others as you would want done to yourself. And we talked about having the mean, debating spirit, you know, where you just want to go and prove everybody wrong. Um, And you also spoke about don't say, you know, uh, you also talked about, you know, people are saying that you, you know, smiling in your face saying that they're doing something and, and, you know, you turn around and they're not doing what they said that they were going to do. Um, those were the main subjects that are coming to mind right now, and I yield. That was it. Now, what I'm really saying about this scripture has nothing to do with dress code. It has to do with your heart wanting and making the decisions about the dress code. 
Meaning, like, look, you got to make decisions in your life. Like I'm saying, when your heart really changes, then you stop a behavior. I stopped fornicating. Not just because it's written, thou shalt not. I stopped in the beginning because it's written, thou shalt not. That's the first thing I did. I stopped that in the beginning. I wasn't very active in my life anyway at that time, but I um, I stopped anyway. Okay. So I stopped the behavior because it says thou shalt not. But it had not internalized in me. So rather than it saying just thou shalt not, and I just don't do it just because of that, now I don't even think about that. It's not a challenge to me because it's become me. So I want to not fornicate. I want to not eat pork. Not because it doesn't taste good. I haven't had it in so long. I don't know, really remember what it really tastes like. I remember I liked it, and originally I stopped eating it because don't eat the swine, don't eat the scavengers. Yes, that's the original reason, and that helped me. But eventually, I stopped craving wanting to eat it. So the most important thing, and I ain't talking about reading those scriptures. I'm talking about being it. Be this. Be good to one another and love one another. That's why all of the statutes and laws and commandments were summed up into two great ones. Love thy neighbor as thyself is one of them. Well, hell. If you really think about this, if you just do that alone, you realize how much drama will leave your life and stop stop looking at people as though everybody that you come in contact with is doing wrong. Maybe it's true. And it sure as hell looks like when I'm living, you know, everybody around me is crazy as hell. <laughs> It looks that way. I don't treat them that way, and I don't approach them that way. Now, if they start showing me that, then that's a different thing, then, of course. I'm saying, for God's sake, this ain't about Scripture or reading Scripture. This is about character and conduct, changing your character and conduct and wanting to change it and being desirous of keeping that change in your life. Stop lying. Because you you are here lying, you're lying to yourself, you're lying to others. Stop it, and then make sure that you have a dislike for lying to others. Grow into that that you don't like to lie. Then you won't do it. But all that the scripture says this, the scripture says that. Later for that. How about this? Correct your damn self for a change. Because the thing is, let, you know, man, let me read it out the scriptures. Hold on. Galatians chapter 4, verse 15. Where is then the blessedness he spake of? For I bear you record that if it had been possible, 
ye would have plucked out your own eyes and have given them to me. And that's deep. What is it saying? It's addressing the issue that, look, that he who is without seeing cast the first stone. What is arguing and debating? Oh, you don't interpret the scriptures correctly, so your your behavior is not right. Well, what are you doing? Here's how you say the real name. You're supposed to be wearing this dress code. But what are you doing? You're not plucking out the, the sin out of your own eye. You're going like you so sinless. And like you got you have some duty to go tell other people how wrong they are and how right you are. But really you're just a fraud whoring after your own heart's and eyes wickedness. It ain't got nothing to do with nothing. I don't care how many times you pray, quote scripture, fast, whatever the hell you call it, burn incense, drink green tea. Who gives a damn when you've got the nastiest damn demeanor? I mean, listen, Hebrew Israelites are the nastiest demeanor-carrying beings I've ever been around in my entire life. What's crazy is I've been around Nation of Islam people. I've been around different uh, Hebrew sections, factors. I've been around the Yahweh bin Yahweh's who are pretty, the, the Yahweh bin Yahweh people are the nicest people I've ever met in my life. They really are. The ones I've met. I've been around Benamese people, nice people, cool, but, you know, they have some other things that I think, you know, kind of strike me. But I'm saying I never seen, I've been around all types of Caucasians in my life. I've had Caucasian friends. I've never seen such mean-spirited people as Hebrew Israelites. I've never seen it. I've seen some really uppity arrogant, non-religious people, all types of people, but God damn, man, these Hebrews are like, are some hateful people. It is sickening, and it makes me ashamed to be even related to the filth that they represent in the name of the Most High. Okay. If you, the he who was out seeing cast the first stone, um, first pluck the, the, the transgression out of your own eye. First cut your hand off. If you if you are a transgressor, not literally pluck it out your eye. Take the behavior out of your eyes. Take your lustful looks and salivating out of your eyes and your intentions and motives. Better yourself. Negroes need to stop being late. So you're all going to have to stop being late coming on this call because I'm going to start getting on your case. You got to stop being late to work if you have a job. You got to stop being late to showing up to uh, places that you said you're going to meet somebody at a certain time. How about that conduct in, in character? That's part of your conduct and character that needs to be plucked out and cut off of your body or your body, your spiritual body. 
cut this stuff out. Cool, you need to give up smoking marijuana or cigarettes or whatever. That's cool. But still, I'd rather you eat a damn uh, uh, cigarette or a honey bun, and I mean literally eat a cigarette. I'd rather you eat that crap and treat people right than going around like you holier than thou. That is disgusting, and it repels people. You don't make really good, strong uh, friendships and love relationships with people if you carry yourself around like, I don't know how these guys got wives. But you know what? Look at how how often people go into those Hebrew camps and then they keep having splinter group after splinter group and they keep having people to just leave, leave the faith and then be like, man, forget being a Hebrew Israelite. It's because of the, the core of it is all-out hatred. I don't care if you call yourself loving your people so much that and you hate the white man because it's the right thing to do. No, that hate turns against you. It turns against you. So I can look at people, be they Muslim, um, be they whatever the hell they are, Christian, I've met some real sincere Christians in my life who I love and respect. I've met sincere and good. I've met a whole lot of sincere and good Christian pastors in my life. And when I grew up in the church, my father was a minister of music in the church. So I met a lot of dirty ones, but I I met a whole lot of good, sincere ones whose character and conduct reflected the Christ. Forget the body of information. Forget the fact that we've been in bond servitude and, you know, we've been lied to. And and that's all we have to look forward to, and that's all we just spew out our mouths. When really I go to a Christian and they're talking about what Jesus did did for them and their character and their conduct actually reflects that, rather than we're doing the the so-called truth following the Hebrew faith, or whatever these Negroes call truth, they call themselves gods and goddesses. You have got to be out of your mind. You are sick to go that path. It's just, that's one issue. But yet, even if even if that was the real right thing to do, for God's sakes, man, how come you cannot treat your people with respect? How come you can't come together collectively and build? How come all that philosophy you got in that way of life keeps making you to make enemies of your own people or any people for that matter? That's what your God is about? Look, there are some people that are totally opposite than what's right. There's some people that believe in murder and they enjoy murder. They enjoy whoredom lies. There are people on this earth that actually enjoy that. They enjoy destroying lives. Those people can at any time become an open enemy to you. But if they're not bothering you, you stay away from them and they stay away from you. You keep them where they are until such time as they cross the line that's when we deal with them in warlike manner. 
and we warn our people to stay away from those type of people. But live your life, man, and be good until you are shown a reason why you should be something other than nice and peaceful. If you shown somebody trying to attack you, then you deserve to be angry and warlike. But don't go picking on people and looking for it, just trying to pr- prove that you're something. Damn. Uh, Shane, are you there? I'm here, brother. So long. Uh, how long you been here, brother? Uh, hour and twenty minutes. I got on around seven twenty-ish or seven thirty. Okay, everything all right? Yeah, everything's good. Um, I think it's a great topic that we're talking about. Um, I'm uh, doing some self-evaluation. I'm going to get on some things I need to do and work on and step my stuff up. So it's great It's great to look at yourself and, and to want to do good for yourself. And, and um, we have to put in the effort. I, I tell myself that all the time because I, I actually, when I'm listening to you, I, uh, a lot of similar things. Um, I'll be like, I stopped doing a lot of things the most high said to do too. And I find myself and telling myself that I don't want, I want to do everything that my forefathers did, like King David and uh, all the greats and in the, in the, in the, all the great brothers that we had. I be like telling myself that I I want to do I want to lead and do great things like them, and I actually want to live my life by that, not just talk. Or I want to live like that, and so I um I really I really understand. I know that we can't just be talking, especially as men, to be and we want to rule and be the people that our children look up to and our women. You know what I mean? We got to be more. We gotta can't just be talking about it. So. uh I, um, I think this is a great thing for us young men and to uh, just de- develop on and get on our stuff so we can all share and come together, help each other out. And those that are lacking in a certain area, you know what I mean? We got brothers and sisters that are that that are more um, prevalent is the word or? that exceed well in those areas that others don't. So we, we got help from others, our brothers and sisters. I believe we got we got enough help that we need. We just we got to trust each other. Um, trust is a big thing. And I, I believe in the nation, I, I, I want to get to know everyone. I, I feel like when I join the nation, you know, I feel like I'm a part of something that's potentially, like, just great for us in the future and something that I, I want to be a part of and be able to tell people. I just think that all of us in the nation should, uh, all of us should be more on one accord together. We should get to know each other more and even like meeting each other. I don't know. It's just it's stuff that I think about and, and things that I know that will help me as an individual become better for myself and for the nation. Like I just wish more, I want more communication between me and the, my brothers and sisters and, and just all the way around, we all just, yeah, it's, it's good. Just self, 
self-motivation. We got to look at ourselves and, and just stop talking and really put action in it because the information is there. We got all the knowledge. We got the books, but we're not we're not putting in action. And we we it, it, it gets times where it gets frustrated. I understand that. For myself, I get frustrated. Um, it's a lot to do, but I always see. I'm like, man, all I got to do is stay consistent and do what I got to do. And everybody around me will prosper. I will prosper. My brothers will see that I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing and that I'm making an effort and that they can do that as well. Um, we just got to help each other. Yeah, we all fall short, but we all can We can do it. And now you, brother. We can do it. Yes. We need to work on ourselves. We need to be better people. We need to treat one another better. That's first. Forget all this scripture, this and that, as being first. Forget all of that. Because let me just tell you what really motivated me to talk about this to this extent. Like, there's a certain progression that we go through in class forum and curriculum, right? Now, I wanted to do, I wanted to go over the foundation because it's the beginning of the year, and basically um, we have. Well, she's not here today, but Sister Shanice is really the newest, and then uh, Deshane is the newest. So I wanted to go over those foundations because that's what we do every beginning of a semester, curriculum-wise, right? So I wanted to say, okay, we need to talk about um, prayer. We need to talk about, excuse me, this is how we're supposed to go progressive-wise. We need to talk about prayer. We need to talk about the history, the foundation of the scriptures. We need to talk about Hebrew culture. We need to talk about dress code. We need to talk about behavior, uh, commandments, laws. Yeah, cool. We got to cover that, right? I'm on Facebook last week, and these Yahweh being Yahweh Hebrews, Israelites, are beefing with Hebrew Israelites on the street over is Esau the white man or is he an Arab? (laughs) Now listen. The truth is the scriptures do not teach that all Caucasians are Esau. That's the truth. I know it. I can back it up. I can back it up with scripture. And I can back it up with history. Personally, I can do that, right? But these brothers have decided to go on an all-out assault on Hebrews or lights on the street based on whether or not Esau is all Caucasian. Now, what is that doing? That's arguing, that's debating, that's dividing your brothers and sisters. You see something different. That here's the pro, here's the root of the problem. How I was taught and how I know 
probably, this is the 100% real truth here. You all hear me good. The table of nations that most of us go by came from a Christian pastor. So all of these Hebrews that are arguing over that got their source from a Christian pastor, Reverend McQuarrie, um, out of Chicago. The other source is a guy, well, it's, it's really two sources, it's him and then this other guy, uh, I think it's Dr. John L. Johnson. He had, he did the research and Reverend McQuarrie happened to do the research all in the same time and they uncovered the Table of Nations. When that came to us as Hebrews, we all started to review it, and then some people started to change certain things because those two men, what they did was they did not understand the Hebrew faith, so they lumped us all as Hamites. They didn't understand the Hebrew history. So the real truth is we as Hebrews understood we were Israelites, so when we saw their table of nations, we could just plug ourselves into the descendants of Shem. And both of these men that I'm speaking of, Dr. John L. Johnson and Reverend uh, McQuarrie, um, both of them knew that there was some, some Shemitic so-called black folks, but they did not have, the, they didn't understand the difference between Hebrews and Jewish people. They did not understand, so they did. So we just, us as Hebrews, collectively, all these different factions, we all started gravitating towards those tables of nations, and we all start, we all started to examine them, and then add ourselves in there and correct it for the descendants of Shem. All right, that's important. Now I know that. So. Esau is a descendant of Shem. The problem is Hebrew Israelites claim all Caucasians as being Esau, when that doesn't even make common sense, because that would mean all Caucasians are Shem, descendants of Shem. E.K., am I making sense so far? It makes sense, but it makes perfect sense. Okay. So what about the the, the descendants of uh, Yafeth who went up into the Caucasus Mountains? They're Esau? They can't be. They descend from Japheth. They don't send from uh, Shem. So it doesn't make even common sense. I know this, right? Now, am I going to doing all-out assault on my brother and campaign against my brother just to prove that point, no, I'm not going to do that. The scripture says, come, let us reason together. Why? Because when we have these small discrepancies like this, we're to come to the table, reason together, share a body of information, and, and then correct it. But here's the worst problem of all. Not one of these single Negroes is an anthropologist, an archaeologist, a scholar, a legitimate historian, or or a language translator. None of them. <laughs> so their whole body of information is coming 
from the very people that they call the devil. And even though Reverend McQuarrie and um, and John L. Johnson wrote these translations, these books, and we respect them, we should respect them. Where do you think they got their sources? They put them in their bibliography, and none of the people, or predominantly the people that they cite, are Negroes. So here we got two Hebrew camps fighting over whether or not Esau is the Caucasian man. While Meanwhile, while our babies are getting killed in the street. Meanwhile, while we're getting foreclosed upon, <laughs> losing our houses, losing our jobs, barely making it. But your argument are whether Esau is the white man. Holy smokes. Oh, my God. What do you think a future for those such people that think that way is? They don't have a future except for death, doom, and destruction, and it should be obvious because their mind ain't even on what is actually happening right in front of their eyes. They're just trying to spit rhetoric and all of that. It's not on what is happening. The problem, the problem is we hate one another. We don't know how to act. We don't know how to act. And then on top of it, we're dumb as hell when it comes to what's going on on this, this planet for real. We don't know government. We don't know law. We don't know commerce. But we arguing about the NFL is, is rigged. Yeah. <laughs> Wait. Lord have mercy. Okay, so my topic this, this week is going to be um, the NFL is serving the Illuminati. They put up – I didn't watch the damn Super Bowl, but I saw – YouTube clips of it today, and here's what I saw. They did Justin Timberlake did the Prince thing, right? You want to know how mm-hmm. I found? Because because some crackpot uh, wrote on there the NFL Illuminati Prince. What? So so that's your focus. Not okay. Let's educate our people about who they are. Step one. Step two. Let's educate our people on how we need to be conducting ourselves commercially. Let's educate our people on how we need to conduct ourselves amongst one another, how we need to treat ourselves. Isn't, shouldn't that be the root, whether you argue with me about history this and history that? You have got to be out of your mind. This is babble. This is nothing but babble. Now, if you really reflect the truth, and you run into your brother, and you see that they have, this is what my teachers taught me. There's always going to be somebody that has a different body of knowledge than you. That does not make your brother your enemy. It doesn't make the, It doesn't make you inferior to them. It doesn't make you superior to them. There's always going to be somebody like that. So when you run into your own people, what should you be doing? You should be loving and embracing them and reasoning with them and only speak on a need-to-know basis. If they want to talk about Scripture and they, they bring something up, you don't go at them and debate them and tell them how wrong they are. What you do is reason with them and say, well, what do you think about this? And how about this? You know, reason with them. And if you see they can benefit from what you have, reason with them. Make a friend and a brother and sister out of them. 
that's what you do. That's what you do. But what do what do these people do? Oh, you dumb niggas this. You still believe in Jesus. You dumb niggas this and that. Well, what's the difference than you and the slave master? He called us dumb niggas, and now you're calling us dumb niggas. But you're supposed to be my brother? And this is a complete joke. So what we have to represent is something bigger than that. Why? Because we have to maintain and sustain this. So when they see you coming, they need to see a light, and they need to see love. They don't need to see that angry heart. Oh, you, oh, you Hebrews are a bunch of frauds. Yeah, I say that in class because it's true. It is true. It's a bunch of fraud. Do I treat them like that? I only express it this way so you and all of us can get a distinction in our mind of what it should look like. Like we see where we where some of us in the error, but the whole point of us having different bodies of information is so we can all come together and reason together. That's the reason why. If you can't reason together rather than argue and debate and try to prove you better than somebody, then you can't have unity. You can't. You can't. Period. Stop judging people because they're different than you. Race, color, religion, creed, whatever. That don't mean intermingle and, and yoke with them. But stop trying to just be so damn haughty. It makes me sick to my stomach. And I don't want to represent the most high that way. And I don't want nobody coming around me faking that. Oh, it's okay to hate people. You hate what people do. If they become your, uh, if they become an actual enemy at wartime, okay, that's different. We were cast into slavery for these very same reasons. Look at our condition. We had the power to come up out of this overnight collectively, with enough of us that have good enough hearts. Then we're not all going to see the same way at the same time. But the one thing we need to say and see is, hey, I'm going to treat all people with respect until I have a reason to turn you into an enemy where you actually do something that hurts my life, hurts my family, loved ones, relatives, so on and so forth, up front in my face like every day. Okay. Then it's okay to turn in a different way. But damn, man. Then don't come on this line. I'm talking to everybody that's on this line right now. Don't come back on this line anymore. Talking about how, in subtle ways, talking about how holier than thou you are. Because I know everybody's case in this nation. And whether you realize it or not, some way or other, I do see where we all go astray. Do I come out here and start pointing out stuff to people all the damn time? If I could do it to you, you could do it to me. That ain't what this is about. So that's not what I do. And I live that. But I'm saying, stop trying to make it seem like you just are so much on the right path. Look. Look at our people. You ain't on the right path. 
We ain't on the right path. Correct yourself so we can actually love each other for real. I, I was explaining last week on fellowship. City to city, state to state. I'm coming to meet and greet everybody, city, city, state to state, and spread this this information that we have. Spread the knowledge of this nation, the things that we've been entrusted with. Please don't have me looking like some fool. Please. Please don't. Don't misrepresent the most high in the truth. Don't misrepresent the Christ. Be on good behavior at all times. At all times, please, for your own soul's sake, because what will happen is you will fall off and get lost and get astray, and you will swear to God that you're on the right path. You would be telling yourself a bunch of lies like, oh, I left the nation because of this, 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 and this. They ain't doing this. They ain't doing it. Well, hell, if you get yourself in order, then maybe you play your part right and correctly, like you got it all together and you don't. If you do yourself right and actually do what you're supposed to do in this nation, from from being in class on time, from conducting yourself with respect to all the people in this nation and love, from paying your damn dues and stop lying about it. This all comes out of me now because I'm fed up with this foolishness. I'm seeing, I'm going out here looking at these Negroes, calling themselves Hebrews. This is a joke. You represent the Christ. You're serious. And you got all that hate and vitriol coming out of your mouth, then you can quote all these scriptures and tell other people how to, this was this scripture means and remember this scripture. Shut your damn mouth and act right. Do that. That's what we need to be doing. That, for real. We really need to be doing this because it's pathetic. Anybody that keeps up that behavior the only choice you have is to be destroyed by nature. It'll slowly creep up on you, and your, your mind is telling you, oh, you're on the right path. You're being divinely guided. You're not a teacher. When you can't even get your own life together. You know what? Do you know that presidents are not allowed to be president if they don't have a wife? They got to be married. Interesting. You know why? Because a man that has no woman has no balance. A man that can't can't run a home can't run a nation. Through the good and the bad. A public official probably shouldn't even have shouldn't even be in office if they don't have a consort. But some of them, some of these positions, but I'm strictly strictly speaking about presidents. They tried it before. They tried to get some people without a mate. These are the most unbalanced people, and they call themselves leaders and teachers. How the hell are you a teacher, and you don't even have somebody that you walk with on a daily basis? (laughs) 
through the ups and downs, the strifes and the struggles, the angers and the pains, and you can't even make that work. And Paul is talking about that in the scriptures. He's like, how do you think a man is qualified to sit in a position uh, over a, a, a congregation and he can't even rule his own home? I don't mean rule as in no dictatorship. We as men are the heads of, of the home. Yes. You, you keep getting divorce after divorce after divorce. You keep doing all these things and not looking at yourself and saying, damn, I can't even keep the relationship. What am I doing wrong? The choices are wrong. Your behavior is wrong. Correct. I saw that and I'm like, man, it's disgusting. Like, you are not an anthropologist, you're not an archaeologist, and then all of the information came from from two Christians and um or one Christian and the other is like some type of atheist or whatever. But my point is, okay, how are you qualified to argue this point when all you do is doing an educated guess? <laughs> you're not qualified to speak on it. So all of us look like some damn idiots coming arguing about history and all this stuff. This is, this, is, this is ridiculous. All this argument, all this time in the room of trying to help your people. And you cannot, how are you going to help somebody? You can't even treat them right. Imagine you got some type of mental um, illness, and you go to the doctor, and the doctor starts telling you, you dumb, you dumbass. Imagine the, 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 you dumb nigger. Imagine the language that comes out of our mouth coming from your doctor who, who your life is in their hand. And if thinking like, if you, if you just, you're so foolish to eat these false um, diet, you know what I Do they insult you when they tell you your diet? Do they insult you? No. So why, how in the hell are you supposed to be a physician, a spiritual physician, as Christ said, would come to pass. How you supposed to be a spiritual physician, and you only know how to insult and belittle your people? All of your stuff trying to heal them. Well, shalom. I... Who is this? Um, Go ahead. Bro. Um, the, the, the phone breaking up. Bad. I don't know if it's my phone. Did anybody else hear it? Yeah, All right. it's breaking up really, really bad. Uh, all right. Well, I'm at the end now anyway, so I hope you all hear this message. And don't make no fool out of me. Don't make a fool out of the Most High. It ain't even about me. Think about you representing the Most High. Think about that and your behavior. Um, Shane, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Are you able to be on the line Thursday? You said will I be here on, on the line on Thursday? On the fellowship line? Yeah, I will. Okay. This Is Thursday comes. I wasn't here last week, but, but I'll be here this Thursday, if that's what you're asking. Yes. Imagine that, and I'm going to just tell you all this. Last week, 
or the week before, set up some meetings with everybody. Do you know some people didn't go to their meetings? I'm setting up more meetings because it's time to turn this thing up and go to the next level. Thursday. This is all possible to be there. Give for going on so much. I'm very passionate about us I'm very passionate about it. And I'm sorry I'm so long with it. I, I don't even like it myself, but it's just something that I so I'm that you can feel the need to correct yourself. So I'm setting up some more meetings this Thursday because I got some other things to address. So I'm asking Thursday. Um, when you said you will be coming to city to city, state to state, will you be coming to meet us individually, like those of us that are in the nation? Yeah. Okay. Yay! I'm not going to do here just to meet you just alone is about business. I mean, we have our time to spend and talk to one another, yeah. But it's all, I, that part is not business. That part is, hey, if I'm in Minneapolis, Minnesota, right, where you're at, am I going to go all that way, meet with you for a couple hours or whatever, and then turn around and go back home? How about we do something to build? Because this work is not just about talking. We've done enough talking. Time to come down and start building. If we don't change our economic stability as individuals and for the sake of our entire people, because they're going to drown in what's coming. It's, It's already here, and it's just slowly creeping. They're going to drown. We have to provide some type of um, light at the end of the tunnel so that we can help where we can and spread this message. Heal these minds. Get these minds, these minds off of this idolatry and all this separatism and all this I'm better than you ego maniacs. And we've got to do the work by example. So, yes. Yeah. I'm definitely coming to meet with you, brother, and everybody. Right? I'm bringing my mother-in-law and my consort. Maybe some occasion. My knucklehead stepson. I got three stepchildren, but the knucklehead one is here with me. So they're gonna be with me, and we're gonna set up things as much as possible. Well, I don't know if they'll make it to Minneapolis, but. Possibly we will. Um, I need some other people. But we got to start to start living this and showing people, yeah, you're educated in commerce, you're educated in scripture. 
watch our work morning. So please be here on Thursday. Thank you all for being here. Shalom, shalom. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.